of Video Game Logic Podcast. Today's show was recorded on November the 27th, 2018. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, sitting sadly in the captain's chair. Caffeine rage? Why am I so sad? Because of Game Club. Hmm. Sad boy. Anyways, on today's show, speaking of Game Club, we will be having our November Game Club, which is Divinity Dragon Commander. We will be revealing our next Game Club game for December. Loot boxes are gambling. We'll have our weekly community corner and a Steam. I, I, you kind of skipped over the last part of that, didn't you? The FTC is going to investigate. Oh no, I put the uh, okay. Put those two together. Anyways, we'll have a Steam Discovery queue or two. <laughs> this is going to be a mess to edit. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Do you just want to redo that since uh, you know you're going to be pressed for time? No, it's fine. Okay, well, I offered. You did. Uh, you did offer, but I mean, you know, won't be that bad. I'm joking when I say it'll be a mess to edit. It'll be just like a couple of cuts and a mute here or there, then we'll be good to go. Also, uh, dramatically improve the quality of it just by muting me. Got it. Yeah, it's like 50% of my edits, don't you know? <laughs> Sick burn. It's going to dunk on you. Actually, I'm surprised it's just 50 that's a new phrase I heard somebody say today. Dunk on you. I'm just going to dunk on you. I like it. Probably makes me an old man, like co-opting a phrase that the kids these days say. But I kind of like it. So, you know. Anyways, hi, Rage. Uh, well, I, I think you're too gravitationally friendly to be able to dunk. <laughs> Are you saying that my uh, uh, gravitational field is a little larger than than the usual person who dunks i'm just saying that the earth has a really good grip <laughs> yeah i'm i can't i'm not i'm not good at jumping or dunking or sports in general <laughs> that's why i'm a nerd nerd anyways hello rage hello how are you i'm all right uh been a little busy the last few days so not much to for me to talk about games wise which is why there's a notable absence in the show lineup today indeed i had one game but after we talked about it for a couple minutes i decided to just hold off it is a very large deep game that i have been playing huge and while i and while i could have talked about it since you didn't have any games i'm just going to save it there's some in-game systems i'm just getting to like just discovering so but it's it's gonna be i'm only gonna have one game next week and i'll be surprised if i talk about it for less than 30 minutes yeah i had a couple games that i played but i didn't put enough time into them to really be able to uh, be able to talk about them that much i went back to machine key i believe it is the train uh, sandbox game yep uh uh they released a new arab and did some performance in uh, 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 streamlining, but I didn't get to the new era, and I'm still uh, rehashing what I did before because they wiped the save files. So you know, that's going to be a while. And I'm about halfway through the fourth Blackwell game, 
and I'd much rather take that in one fell swoop instead of breaking up. Yeah, breaking up an episodic story. <laughs> I wanted to avoid that, right? Yeah. Even though technically that's not an episodic game, it still has the same feel for it because they're you know uh, shortish episodes, about three or four hours. You know, a, a little bit on the longer side of uh, uh the episodic games, but same basic idea where it's an overarching story. But each one is self-contained, so you know it's a, a little bit of an oddity to call it episodic, but eh, it works. Right. And I did hit max uh, rank in uh, Warframe, and shit's more fucked up than I thought. <laughs> yeah, I sent you that those screenshots, and uh, you just went, "Oh, <laughs> yeah." I mean, it's not like I'm not like grossly disturbed or anything, but I was not expecting that. So I was like, "Oh, okay. <laughs> well, this is." dark yeah deliciously dark right oh yeah nom 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 like a good dark chocolate see i don't like dark chocolate uh prefer milk definitely prefer milk chocolate but number one for me white chocolate all right because i'm racist no but i just prefer white chocolate so you want to make your chocolate white again yes <laughs> I'm just like shaking my head, just like, mm, yep. So, uh, shall we get on to Game Club? Yes, yes, Unless indeed. You want to was... ramble a little bit more? <laughs> no, I was gonna gonna say. So, how about that Game Club, Rage? Oh, I really tried to get into this. Uh, our Game Club for this month was Divinity Dragon Commander, and Game Club is a time when we get together and play a. A game either at the same time or together, depending on the game, of course. Because we have very diverging tastes, and this month I just couldn't do it. A Divinity Dragon Commander, it's a hybrid political sim slash RTS. I think that would be a fair thing to call it, right? Yes, but it also Kinda. does that RTS thing that you see sometimes uh, where it's like, you can take command of a unit on the battlefield, and specifically, like, it's your dragon. Sort uh, of like how Brutal Legend did it. Yeah, yeah. At at any point in time, well, not at any point in time, like, once you get a certain point in the match, it's like you unlock the ability to spawn your dragon. So then you can spawn yourself and fight. So it does that. Yeah, but... and I just could not get into this. I tried, and uh, the game has a severe uh, psychological... Uh, it doesn't uh, gel well with how I play uh, uh, strategy games. I tend to hang back a bit more, build up, and get a either a ball of death, or I try to outmaneuver and play a little bit uh, more on the defensive side of things. Doesn't work well in this game. <laughs> if you're not uh, doing a Zerg rush, you lose. Yeah, it, it doesn't play well with that play style early on in the game. So, I mean, there's, there's a story to it. I... You have okay, it's divided into three chapters, and the length of the chapters is basically just how long it takes you to win the the area. It's like you beat the map, the the big yeah, overworld map, map. Uh, plays like risk, yeah. Each uh, set, you know, it's got territories, and you move troops around your territories, and then when you move your troops into an enemy territory, then a combat starts, and you can choose to either do it yourself, you can have one of your generals take over, or you can just have like uh, Which it's is called, essentially auto resolve. 
Yeah, and then there's an auto resolve with like no generals. It's just like the army. Um, but it's a lower chance. Right. So, uh, and, and it's divided into three chapters, and basically conquering each map unlocks the next major portion of the story, uh, as well as the next map. So, how how far did you get, like, for, for the audience? I only got a handful of turns, because every single time I tried it, uh, by turn five, I had the AI throw 10 plus units, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it is a fuck ton of a lot uh, in the risk map directly at my capital. And auto resolve was a 98 to a 2% chance <laughs> to give you an idea. Yeah. I'm assuming you were the 2%. Uh, of course. I wouldn't be bitching about it if I was the 98. Right. And I did not beat the game, but I got all the way to the third chapter. So aside from, you know, how the story ends, I know all of the story stuff. Uh, what the game does... Okay, so the story is is that you are the last... The uh, bastard like, son. Right, you're the bastard son of the assassinated emperor. But for reasons, you're the actual true heir to the throne. So uh, from everything that I was able to gather, granted that was early in the story, uh, all the other heirs uh, gave up their birthright essentially when they betrayed the king because it was uh, them who turned on him. Yeah, that's that's not entirely true, but you don't learn much about the actual backstory until chapter yeah, two. Yeah, the, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that they'll that they said. Well, I'll tell you about that later, or you know, don't worry about that right now. Yeah, so Which was a little bit annoying. I mean, it's it's you know that's that's part of it. They do betray the the emperor, um, but it's they were also like betrayed, and I'll I'll get into it in a in a minute. Um, so yeah, I got all the way to chapter three, and what the game does is you know you're it's like you against everyone, and you start out at a disadvantage at a, at a pretty big disadvantage severe. you've got like this magical ship which doesn't actually help you in battle but it's like your command yeah which is ship. a little disappointing it's the starcraft model where you have a ship that doesn't really do anything in the actual combat but it serves as a hub uh, to go across different screens and talk to people and go on different missions yeah um so Anyways, you've got you've got this ship and you're at a pretty strong disadvantage. You have just like one small plot of land at turn one. Um, and it, you know, it plays out like we said as the risk map. Um, and as you actually make progress, different things unlock. So there's the whole political management thing, which which Rage mentioned at the very beginning. Um, once you have won or made it enough turns, I don't know if it has to do with winning battles, but once you've made it enough turns, you get uh, ambassadors from the different races um like the major the races in the universe and they form your count council and they acknowledge you as the like the true heir and start treating you like the emperor and you basically get to decide all policies um and so they'll bring you like it's not every turn um it's you know but at least every few turns sometimes it's more frequent sometimes it's less frequent I'm not sure like what the ticker is behind the scenes that actually have them bring you policy decisions. 
but they will bring you policy decisions. And I did not see a single duplicate. Like they're all, and they all build on one another too. Like they keep a, a history of just like what your decisions were that you made. And then they'll like throw that up in your face and be like, well, you denied us this and this, which means that it's our turn. Now you should approve this policy that we want to have approved. And they affect um, how the different races view you. So essentially, the more a race likes you, the more troops you have uh, or the more sort of population you have to generate troops during the combat portion from any territory that their race controls. Um, so the more the more they like you or dislike you, the more or less troops that you have to draw from from them, like everything that you bring into the battle, you get Um and it's like given to you for free, even if you go over the maximum like active population or whatever for your battle, like you can summon them for free once units get killed. Um, but anyways, so based on what policy decisions you make, they like you or they dislike you, which gives you that. And then the policies actually affect other characters on the ship, particularly your generals. Um, and then later on you get to be married and it affects your, your bride. Um, and then um, they affect your sort of overall bonuses. So like, you know, you get in, in typical, you know, style of this game, you get, diff, you know, gold and research and things from the various territories you own. Um, and then you have sort of a, a luck thing that plays into your chances if you do an auto resolve on combat, which gives you like either a flat bonus or a flat uh, setback of some kind. I mean, it's pretty small. It's like 1% or 2% bonus or 1% or 2%, you know, setback. But the different policies do those. And examples of the policies are, I mean, they're they're not nuanced at all. It's like one of the first policies that I got was from the elves. And the elves proposed that gay marriage be allowed. I uh, see. I got conscription uh, uh, immediately. I, I got some conscription at some point, but it wasn't immediately. Gay marriage was the first one that I got. And the elves wanted gay marriage. And then in the council, you can talk to the different people and they tell you what you think. And that's going to affect, uh, based on what you do with the policy, like that affects their feelings towards you. So you're not just dealing with the person who... Oh, I bet, the the, uh, I bet the dwarves love this. The dwarves hated it. And so did the undead. Um, and the... Well, uh, uh, well, each race was also uh, very focused on a particular aspect. So the dwarves were uh, heavily economic... Uh, the elves were nature-based, of course. Uh, the undead were uh, religious zealots, which yeah, was they were... a little odd. Yeah. Uh, the imps uh, were the science, and I can't yep. remember what the lizards were. If they were the, like a balance between all of them. They were sort of pragmatist. Um, any policy that like made logical sense to them, they were like, yeah, I mean, we can see the the negatives to this, but it does make sense. Like we're at a time of war. So it makes sense that we do this very sort of justice focused. Um, and that actually plays in with the, the bride. If you pick the lizard as your bride, I had so two a lizard fucking a lizard. Yeah, I had two. I'll, I'll explain that later. Okay. Um, so, uh, so anyways, like, you know, the imps were like, we don't really care about, who marries who. So I guess that's fine. And then the lizards were like, it makes sense for all people to be treated equal. We like this. And then the dwarves were like, no, that's terrible. Why would we do that? And then the undead were like, oh, this is an abomination. 
the undead and the dwarves really hated me because the dwarves are basically like capital like pure capitalism Mm -hmm. and i was like yes i'm gonna make this a socialist utopia like guaranteed time off yes please uh workers compensation and healthcare, yes please and the dwarves are like what the fuck are you doing they're like we're gonna lose so much money (laughs) and then the undead hated me because you know I don't, I'm not religious. So it, if it came down to like, unless for some reason the religious choice was going to be beneficial in some way, I never sided with a religious choice. I think there was only one that I said yes to because it was like, no, they were still mad at me because it was tithing the church or taxing the church. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we should tax the church. And they were like, no, this the holiest of whatevers. So yeah. That's the only thing re- involving religion that I said yes to. And they're like, no, don't say yes to that. <laughs> I, and I decreed that the, that the news had to be factual, that they couldn't have, um, you know, commentary and editorials. Like it had to be factual news. The dwarves hated that. But I mean, you know, that's all of these were pretty on the nose. Then there were a couple I got in the late game. The imps wanted to make a super weapon, which I think was a nuke. <laughs> Like, I think it's supposed to be a nuke. Big but I wound up, yeah, but I wound up telling them no, because I, I wish I had it now. But I was, like, kicking ass and taking names. So I was like, ah, I don't need that. And everyone else hates the idea of a nuclear bomb, so I'll just just say no. And then they wanted to make super soldiers. And I said no to that, because, again, I was winning pretty hardcore. Would it actually unlock super soldiers? I have no idea. But... And I haven't looked it up. I'd be able to look it up. And then there was one other thing that they asked me about, and I said yes to it. Oh, it was turning <laughs> turning uh, people into uh, cyborgs. But oh. that was for, like, <laughs> workers in factories. It basically turned people into robots. And I that gave me, like, a, a gold bonus. Yeah, let's see. I'm going through here now. Uh, let's see. Political choices. Conscription. Looks like it's always for and against uh, certain uh, races, but they will comment. So, like, conscription uh, grants a ground unit costs 20% less. Uh, sea and air units cost 20, uh, sorry, 10% less. Population renovation decreased by 4%. Uh, and if you reject, uh, the motivations increased by 10% and the seven curses you and your luck decreases by two. Oh, there's my problem. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's that system. And I mean, it it's not very nuanced. Um, you've got a similar sort of system with your generals. Like you go to the, the pub on your ship and chat with them. Um, and they'll have different situations that pop up throughout the game. And you can, you know, give their, your input and tell them like what to do as their their leader. And uh, you can uh, get different outcomes to different things and they will give you different bonuses. There were a couple of situations where it seems like that if I had chosen differently, like they might have died, like a general might have died. I don't know if they actually can, but like there was one situation where that one of my generals, um, I can't think of his name. He's the guy with the the robot arm. Uh, Henry? Yeah. Uh, his like daughter was the target of an assassination. So he went after her. So I sent both of the the lady generals to go help him. 
because they were like, we want to help him. And you could have said, no, you need to stay here. Let him deal with his own problems. Or you could say, yes, absolutely. Go help him. So yeah, I sent Scarlet was him. fun. Uh, the tomboy general. Yes, I loved her. I, I actually, I, I kind of liked all the generals. Uh, Catherine was a bit of a, a cold bitch, but uh, I could see, uh, yeah, warming up to her over time. Yeah. And the snooty lizard was also fun. Yeah, I liked I liked him a lot. <laughs> but anyways, I sent uh, the two of them to go help help him, and they came back, and he was like, "Oh yes, there we were. We were back to back to back, fighting off these enemies. I might have died if they had not came." So I don't know if that's just like flavor text or if he actually could have died. But that was good. Um, and you have, you know, you can get bonuses uh, from your generals. They level up. Um, you can't really like dictate that level up. It's just like once you use them several times to lead or I'm not sure if it's directly only tied to like the plot, you know, the adventures that go on. But it'll say like so-and-so leveled up and got a point in this thing. And it's just basically bonuses and two different things. So like you get a bonus for light troops or a bonus for medium ones or a bonus for air units or a bonus for fighting in this type of terrain. That sort of thing. So, you know, your generals get a little more specialized. And so if you're going to use those to do automatic combat, you know, you can pick and choose which general is going to be the best for a certain situation. Um, it's also got this system of cards you can play that do different things. Uh, there's cards that can let you, for example, sabotage the enemy units on a, on a territory. So, like, if you're going to attack, maybe you can play a card that sabotages them and makes them move slower or do less damage, that sort of thing. From the strategic map, there's cards that can let you build structures for free. On your map, uh, there are buildings which give you bonuses. Um, there's like a factory that produces units. There's like a mage's tower that gives you dragon cards. Uh, you know, there's a, a mine that gives you additional gold. Yada, yada. Like different things for different, uh, either different bonuses or things that they do. So there's cards that can build those. There's cards that can demolish those on the enemy's territory. Then whenever you actually go into combat, you have cards you can play, which do various things. You can play boosts or um, disadvantages uh, to your troops or enemy's troops in this screen. You can play up to five cards. You can use mercenary cards, which gives you units in the battle. Those are probably the most useful, particularly for auto battle, because even if it doesn't make any sense for you to stick like a whole bunch of naval units onto a landlocked map, you can still do it. And then you get the percentage increase and it will, uh, the auto thing will, will calculate that in your favor. Even though if you did it yourself, they would be completely useless. They would be wasted. So the mercenary units are pretty useful for that. And then there's dragon cards you can play, which give you uh, temporary boosts for one battle or access to abilities that you haven't unlocked yet via the research system for one battle, things like that. I'm trying to think if I've missed anything about the overworld map. As you go from chapter to chapter, the map expands. So chapter one is very small. It's like an island chain. Then chapter two is like a, a continent. And then chapter three is a couple of continents or like the main continent. And then a whole bunch of like island chains or something like it's, it's very big, very, very big. Um, and like I I I check. There's only three chapters in the game, so the map doesn't get any bigger than that. Um, let's see. 
Do you have any? Do you have any questions? Anything so far? Before uh, not we... really. I, I feel bad that I didn't get a uh, yeah further in it. It's just oh. So let me okay. So let me talk about story first a little bit. All right. So when it basically like you get the your very basic spiel like of who you are and what you're doing and trying to take over everything. So you yeah, beat the first yeah your dad fucked a dragon. Yep. So you're half dragon. Um, and you can transform into a dragon and and go fight stuff. So you get through chapter one, you get to chapter two, and the the wizard man uh, reveals a lot of plot details to you, extended information about um, who it was that actually betrayed your father, uh, and it was someone who was being influenced by a demon. The demon has been captured and is what powers your magical ship. And the demon is basically like the the god of war or a god of war. I'm not quite 100% clear on that. You don't want to hold Kratos for too long. Otherwise, you know, uh, bad things happen. But basically, he loves war. So someone, this guy came to him and basically asked for power to take over the kingdom. And the god gave him that because he wanted an endless war. So killed the emperor. Uh, corrupted the minds of all of the Empress children, except you, because you had been banished and he didn't know about you. So this is more like Greek gods as opposed to like the idea of a Christian god or something that's like all-knowing. Um, so he didn't know you existed. So you weren't corrupted. And so there has been an endless war for however many years between the children of the Emperor just constantly fighting over territory. Um and so the the wizard tells you that this god exists, and you can choose to go talk to him, or you can choose to ignore him. It doesn't really matter. Um, I, of course, went to go talk to him just to see what he had to say. And there are some gameplay mechanics for this. You can ask for power from him, um, and there's different ways you can do it, which basically give you access to different levels of power. You yeah, can this help. seems like a very bad idea. <laughs> you can lower wise. You can allow him. Like, he's completely bound to the ship and so bound to your command. Um, And you can allow him to feast on the nightmares of your soldiers. So he causes them to have nightmares and and feasts on their nightmares. Which, again, seems like a very bad idea. Which, doing, like, you can ask him to do this every few turns, and he gives you, like, uh, a couple of cards that you can can use. Um, You can tell him that you want him to influence one of the races to aid you. And I'm not quite sure how that works, but he like just does something that makes them like you. I don't know if he gives them happy dreams or something, but he's, he's like, Oh, my methods are my own. Cause it's like, I want you to influence whoever to like me, the dwarves, for example. And he was like, ah, yes, you have done a lot to draw their ire to you. I will change (laughs) their minds. And then you can ask like, how are you going to do that? And he's like, oh, my methods are my own. Money. I mean, he's, I Maybe, I don't know. But he's the god of war or death or something. So I don't quite understand how that's supposed to work. And then the final level is you can make uh, a sacrifice to him. And if you make a sacrifice to him, um, the, like, the closer it is to you, the more power you gain. So you can sacrifice uh, troops. You can sacrifice... Um, a leader, which I assume is one of your generals, or you can sacrifice your wife. Ooh. So I sacrificed my wife, and that's how I got two wives. <laughs> and the Although, second one's like, you're not doing that to me. 
Oh no, I'm I'm gonna sacrifice her too. I could really use a power boost if I go back and finish this game. Like I'm not even gonna finish her storyline. I'm just gonna boot her. Actually, I don't know if I can do that. Don't know if I can do that. So let me let me explain the wives first. So at, at a certain point in chapter two, like I mean, it's really early. It's like, hey, you need to get married, and so you do a couple battles, and it's like, hey, here's all these brides, and all of the ambassadors except for the imp <laughs> present you with a bride. Well, you don't and get the fucking imp. Well, the imp bride came, but she blew herself up in an accident. <laughs> sure, her accident. Yeah. They're, apparently, all imps like yearn to go out in a glorious fireball. So she blew herself up in an, in an accident. She was working on presenting, like making a gift for you, like some kind of weapon. Oh, and so she, oh, she, she was Marie Carey. Yeah. Uh, uh, she was trying to make the nuke and, you know, uh, uh, irradiated herself yeah no she blew herself up so each of the ambassadors well, brings they, you they a bride. Ambas- you know, uh, yeah try to make her look better yeah so anyways each of the ambassadors bring you a bride and they each have a distinct personality and look and then they have their own like set of st- story missions or story i mean they're not missions it's like you come back from a from a or you know a battle so a new turn starts and you can actually you can go to the queen's chamber and you know talk to her and they all have a storyline that you can basically you basically make the decisions for to get different outcomes and as a result different bonuses so i'm not sure what the undead one is i think based on context clues that i learned throughout the game that she's suffering from some kind of disease that can actually kill undead for good because um, if an undead dies, like they eventually just come back. But this disease actually better. kills them. This disease actually kills them for good. I think that's where her thing is. But she is both like very ugly and has nothing to offer from a strategic point of view. Like and she's, no tits. Yeah, she has no tits at all. Then there was the elf, and she is the princess, and she's like believes in true love. And she like loves you at first sight. Oh boy! And one of those. Yeah. Hang on a second. Uh, that's how we talk about you. Is rage? We call oh. you rage. Also, not Jesus now. Oh, ha! <laughs> I was like, "What are you talking about?" I see. I see. Anyways, where was I? Elf princess. True love. Yes, the elf princess. So true she believes love. in true love. I have no idea what her story is. Um, but she's very upset when you don't choose her as your bride and she cries. She's, I mean, she's got a very pretty face, but the most attractive one is the dwarf. Cause she's got some big old knockers, <laughs> just huge tracks of land. And they make that joke about her, <laughs> but she turns out to not only be beautiful, but also like have a really interesting story and some good things to offer and leadership traits. So whenever you pick her, you get a dowry of a lot of gold. It's like 100 gold or 90 gold or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, basically at at the time when you pick a bride, that's like 10 free units, essentially, that you can that you get. Yeah. Or, you know, several buildings or whatever. Uh, And her story is that there is a uh, her her father, the king of all dwarves, um, is an asshole and she hates him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and she wants you to help organize his demise. And you can choose I, I to like help. Her. You can choose to help or you can choose to not help. And I obviously chose to help. Um, 
And in the end, like you send in spies and you steal like his little black book and you reveal all of his dirty little secrets. And like the family turns on him and they murder him. And then she uh, like pisses on his, on his, like burns (laughs) his body and pisses on his ashes and then like dumps them in a, like a mine or something. Uh, In a latrine. Like that's, I mean, that's actually what, what happens. I'm not making that up. That's what she does. You can choose to be like, no, you sh- he was still the king. You should offer him a proper burial. It should be like, or, or you can say something along the lines of like, aha, based on what you told me, this is, he deserves no better than this. <laughs> and and also, of course, she's, you know, Irish or Scottish or whatever that. Scottish. You know, yeah. That stereotypical dwarven accent. You, you mean that's the awesome stereotypical uh, dwarven accent. Indeed. Um. So that that I mean that's her storyline, uh, and, and it's great. Her. And she's wonderful. And then I was like, hmm. When I went and talked to the dragon, he was said that I could sacrifice my wife to him. <laughs> so I'm gonna do that now that I've completed her storyline. So I sacrificed my wife, and I got a shitload of cards. He, he gives yeah. you like three of each type of card. You know, you better hope that there's no afterlife in this world. Otherwise, uh, she's going to be there waiting. Yeah, she will be. So then after it's like it's like everyone's like she disappeared. We haven't seen her. And then it's like you can talk you can cock this story like she fell over the edge in the middle of the night and plummeted to her death. Very sad. When you go back and talk to the dragon, she's like he's like, ah oh, yes, or not dragon, the demon. He's like, ah oh, yes. She was so pleasantly plump <laughs> and ample in all the right places. I I feel engorged. And then he like presents you with all of all of the his gifts of power. And then I got second wife, which was, the uh, then you're thinking, damn, maybe I should have, uh, you know, if she was pleasantly plump, <laughs> but then I got a second wife, which was the lizard lady, uh, the, the lizard queen. And she like, doesn't care about you or love you or anything. She just wants to use her position of power, her new position of power to like, she, she's like a judge, like a Supreme Court judge, basically. Mm-hmm. And so she wants to use her new influence with you as the emperor to help her with cases. Um, so she's like, like the first thing she tells you, she's like, I'm not concerned with matters of love. So if you would like a mistress or several, that is your prerogative. I'm merely interested in the dispensation of justice and how you can help me do that. And I'm like, all right. I'm like, all right. So I've done a, f- a few, you know, of her quests or storyline or whatever, and they're all basically just cases that she presents to you. And she's like, what do you think I should do? How how could, you know, how can you use your influence to direct this case for me? So I pick the, you know, do that. But I mean, she's also pretty attractive. You know, she's like probably the second best looking. But so those are the all the different brides you are able to to wed. Um, so I want to sacrifice her, but I don't know if I can. So going into chapter three, like in chapter uh, two, especially he, since he's, uh, yeah, he's engorged, right? Yeah. So in chapter two, to finish off chapter two, you capture the entire, um, the entire continent. What's the continent in divinity? Uh, uh Riviera. Rivendell? Rivendell. Yeah. Yeah. No. Rivendell. Is that? Uh, that was the first one, uh, at least. <laughs> Tam- Tamriel's Elder Scrolls. 
Divinity, Con... Yeah, Rivendell's definitely Lord of the Rings, right? I feel like I'm failing Nerd, nerd Kingdom. <laughs> Rivalon. Rivalon. Uh, yeah, Rivalon. Close enough. That's it. So you, can't, you capture the continent of Rivalon, you kill all of your half-brothers and sisters, take over all the capitals, and it's like, ah, oh, yes, you have won. You have, oh no, the demon frees himself because he wants endless war. And so then, like, the map pulls back. And, and then the ship plummets out of the sky. That does not happen. He's still physically bound to the ship. It's like he's soul-bound to it, so he can't escape. But Oh, so he can't trade it off. Got it. But he, um, go... Haha. <laughs> but he, uh... <laughs> I took you a moment. <laughs> so he, he, like, uses all of his power that he's gathered from the war to influence the minds of the rest of the world question mark i don't know where we're at on the map basically but everyone hates you um and is wanting to attack you and take over your lands and they're now powered up um and it does not carry over your army from chapter two to chapter three so you get some starting troops but i didn't even get half of what i had and it basically makes Rivalon from like, you know, many multiple territories to like two. So all that land I captured, all that gold, I didn't really need the research. I'd maxed out my research before getting to chapter three. But uh, all the gold production that I had and all my troops, all gone. So you're back to, to square one. Like you come into chapter two on fairly equal footing. You do have less than all of the other... Um, your other enemies, your siblings, but they're fighting each other too. And you start on like a lonely corner of the map. So you get several turns. I had like six or seven turns in that phase before I even had to fight a skirmish. So you get some time to to establish yourself and it's not really a problem. Going into chapter three, it's just like chapter one. You have like one territory and within like two turns, you're under attack and they have more troops than you, and now they're stronger than you. The like the demon god bonus is a like a flat twenty. I think it's twenty five percent increase to their stats. So they're faster, hit harder, have more health, and can use their powers faster. Like the unit special abilities, it's ridiculous. And yeah. I did like, I did the first few turns. I did okay for a little bit with like the enemies that were directly around me, but then the enemies from farther away on the map start showing up and just every, like I've got a save in every turn on that save. Like after I reload it, my shit gets wrecked in my capital and there's just no way I can take it back. I don't have enough troops. So I'm probably going to restart the chapter Mm -hmm. and uh, go from there. Make some different decisions. But so I mean that's that's the base story. I don't exactly know how the game ends. I mean, obviously you win and you take everyone over when you finish, but I don't know like what the actual ending of the game does. But uh but yeah. So that's the story. The actual combat itself is pretty pretty RTS-y. I mean, if you've ever played an RTS before, you basically get it. It's more tactics. Um you don't really build very much. There's like plot points on the ground you take over and you can build a couple of different building types to produce different units or to make your um like your troop 
counter go up faster so you can build more people. And then there's defensive turrets you can place. Um, it, it controls like an RPG, you know, you can set up control. Yeah. Uh, sort of age of empires as well, where, uh, the different building points, because it's a set building location, uh, can be captured and rather quickly. I might add. Yeah. Um, and also I found it, maybe it's just, uh, because I'm not used to controlling a camera like that. I often found myself uh, with the camera flipped around uh, and I was uh, either going the wrong way or looking the wrong way uh, or looking in a direction I didn't think I was. Yeah. And the mini-map didn't exactly help me on that uh, to figure out what direction I was facing. They're not the best controls, but they're also not the worst controls. I mean, they're pretty average. No, it's not Brutal Legend, at least. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they're they're pretty average for, for me. Like, I've played tons of rts before like you know we've talked about this before this is a genre that i have a lot more experience in than you do yeah i mean i have dabbling experience but yeah i just got wrecked yeah um but so i mean it controls basically like any rts you've ever played and then like having direct control of your unit it feels very much like controlling something like a helicopter in a you know an arcade flight game um You've got, you know, a standard attack. There's there's a different dragon types that do different things, but I mean, they all basically work the same. You have like a basic fireball attack and then the type of dragon you pick really determines your special abilities on the upper end. So my dragon, I forget what my dragon type was called, but basically I had the one that buffed all of my units. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I wish I picked a different dragon type because that was pretty useless. Trying to control your units while you're the dragon, which you can do, is a fucking nightmare. Yeah. And there's no way to switch back and forth. Like, if you relinquish control of your dragon, you have to spend another 20, uh, you know, people population to resummon your dragon. Which, you know, doesn't sound like a lot. But if you're, like, trying to micromanage, you're going to be burning through burning through that resource pretty quickly. But, I mean, the dragon can make or break certain battles if you're on, like, the 50% line from the auto generator. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you, if if you want to fight defensively, the dragon is the way to go. Um, because you can do a lot more damage than any of the other units directly to units. The dragon sucks offensively against buildings. I don't know why, but it, I don't know if it's got like some, I don't know, reduction, uh, some setback against buildings or some, you know, reduced damage or something, but the dragon cannot destroy buildings faster than even a small group of units. But when it comes to wiping out other units, you can just wreck them. So setting up a defensive line, the dragon is the way to go. But I mean, like I said, that's only on those battles where it's real tight on your percentage points. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, somewhere between like 40 to 60% in that range right there, the dragon can make the difference. If it's under 40, it's, I managed to squeak out like one or two wins on less than 40%. Just like, fuck it. Like, you know, I'm going to try and hold this place and I made it work. But typically I lost. And then if it was over, uh, over 60, you could usually win on the auto battle without too many casualties. Um, in fact, I never lost on auto battle if it was more than 60%. So, yeah, fairly well, simple. Problem is that, stuff no, there. I was, I was often just getting severely outnumbered. Which yeah. is irritating. Which even though you like you start outnumbered, 
in the, in those battles and the AI is real dumb. Mm -hmm. So it takes it a little bit to get going. Once it gets going, if you're at a disadvantage, it can steamroll you and there's really nothing you can do because it's relentless. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel like it cheats. I mean, you can run their population out just like they can run yours out. Yeah. So, oh, and problem is that the AI, at least in the first chapter, has three-fourths of the map. Yeah, they start so, with a lot uh, more than you. Uh, so on like turn two or turn three, I just saw this long ticker of all the research it just got. You know, I, I knew it was going to be a bad time. Yeah. So, and but, just but, for fun, I looked up uh, the undead, uh, what her storyline was. Uh, it is the disease, but it has a branching path line. Yeah, they all have branching path lines. Well, well, this it's uh, you could either uh, cure her or transpl- uh, transplant her soul into a, a machine, or or have her transformed into a human, and then she becomes a vampire. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, but you have to let a, a wandering magician fuck her, so. Yeah. Now, the question is, is that before or after he turns her human? Eh. But, yeah, uh, interesting. So, yeah, I mean, that's... I think I've pretty much covered everything I can think of. Um, I guess, I mean, you know, subjectively, I did not find the game difficult at all until Chapter 3. Well, I just couldn't get going on it. It's a, a very snowball game. If you uh, don't get going immediately, uh, yeah. you're going to have trouble. But I just got steamrolled because of it. Because I just uh, typically don't do rush tactics. And that's what this game pretty much forces you to do. Yeah, I, I had to restart once. The first time I played, you know, I was just kind of like learning what to do and um, how the spe- like you know specific, specific camera. Yeah, there is a, yeah there is a tutorial, but the thing is that it's hidden and uh, it's not in the actual campaign, so I just overlooked it. And from what I understand, it basically is, is the first chapter of the campaign. It's just a lock uh, down uh, the expansion of the enemy. Yeah, which you know is a terrible way to do it. Yeah, otherwise the tutorials are just like videos, and mm-hmm. the guys like. You can you press the button to do the thing. Yeah, yeah, like, they, okay, yeah, they, yeah, 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 they say the transformation button. It's like, okay, well, which one's that by default? I mean, it's R, but, you know, I didn't know that. Well, uh, don't you know transformation starts with R? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I ignored all the tutorials. I figured it out as I went. I just got incredibly frustrated with it very quickly because, you know, it wasn't telling me what to do properly. And and then when I started to figure it out, it was just not gelling with how I play these games. Yeah. And then, so, you know, and then the entire enemy army ends up in my capital on, you know, like turn four or turn five. And it's like, oh, fuck. Turn down the difficulty. And there's three less units. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I honestly don't know what the difference is between normal and easy because I played on normal. Once I realized, uh, like, oh, I need to be rushing. Then I restarted and I rushed at the beginning, got a foothold, and then I was like, okay, I'm fine. Up until now, I, yeah, chapter three is. They now they've started cheating. <laughs> Do you think you're going to finish the game? I don't know. Um, I mean, overall, I liked it. It was probably like a B minus sort of game. I would game. say that it's a type of game 
if I could have gotten into it, I think I would have enjoyed the political side of it, not the RTS side of it. Yeah, just because it it feels too cumbersome to be able to control things. I mean, that's that's really like how I feel about it. like the RTS portion of it is very like very standard, very average. Doesn't really do anything to stand out, um, and you know at times can be frustrating. But the political aspect of it also um, just, was there an attack move option? No. There is not. There's no attack move. That, that, that's why I was trying. I was trying to figure out because, uh, in one battle, I had most of my army wiped out because I sent them uh, to, uh, you know, face off the, against the enemy. You know, I figured that they would stop an attack. Nope. They just uh, casually walked past and uh, you know got slaughtered. Yep. There's no attack move. Um, Seems like a pretty standard uh, feature not to have, doesn't it? Yep. I don't think I've ever played an RTS without an without attack move before, but there's definitely not one. Like I checked, there's no. It's not even like oh, you have to press a button or whatever to do the attack move. Like it just doesn't exist. Um, but anyways, yeah, the the RTS portion is very average at best. But the political management and a lot of the fun stuff that they do with you know the marriage system and the demon and and that sort of thing like it's fun and it's it's different that part of it is different i've not seen that before in an rts um yeah i've not seen that before in an rts i was just thinking like stopping for a minute to think about all the ones that i've played i've played some rts that have some sort of almost like rpg-esque mechanics to them where you do have like someone you change and level up as you go mm-hmm. along but nothing quite like this um, I have seen some systems like this in a 4X game, but this is not a 4X game. So it was is different. It was neat. It was cute. They hit the tone right, like for all of the different races. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff was very tongue in cheek, um, but they also knew how to be serious at times. So overall, like that really brought it up quite a bit for me. And that was the part that I liked. Like I purposefully sat in chapter two, and didn't uh, destroy the last capital. One, I was building up because I was like, okay, there's definitely going to be a chapter three. So I'll need my army after this. <laughs> oh, boy. Right. Away. Uh, but also, like, I, you know, I was thinking, like, okay, like, I, I like all of this stuff. Like, so let's see what other shenanigans we can get into with all of the ambassadors and the generals. So, uh, yeah, overall, for me, it's like a B minus. Um, if that political intrigue sort of thing wasn't in there, it would be a C or a C minus, but that really did a lot for me. Quite liked it. Um, and then obviously you did not get along well with it. Yeah. So it just didn't gel with me. Yeah. Um, do you have any, any final questions or anything? Uh, not we... really. I think you covered everything. Okie dokie. Well, for December, we are going to be playing. Reciteer, an item shop's tale. Yeah, the true meaning of the holidays. Capitalism ho! Oh, you beat me to it. Although, <laughs> my throat hurts a bit. I'm, I'm, I'm out of tea. So maybe it's good that I didn't get all, <laughs> uh, you know, loud about capitalism. But yeah, uh, this is a game that I, I think we've both played before. Yeah, I didn't um, uh, beat it. I got a bit way through it, and I... Uh, I didn't realize that it was essentially the, uh, oh, now I'm uh, blanking on the name of the, uh, Dead Rising, uh, 
style where you hit a game over and it resets you and you keep a lot of your progression so you can continue on. I didn't realize yeah. that at first and I put it down. I never got it, uh, yeah, picked it back up again but without realizing that. So no, it'll be uh, fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. December is a short month for us um, because of Christmas and then uh, New Year's being two weeks, you know, back to back with Tuesday being the holiday. So we're only going to have three weeks in December, right? One, two, yeah, three weeks uh, in December. So this one will be coming up a little quicker. Um, we've got some stuff planned for December. We'll get into that later, as in like maybe the next next episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we've only got three weeks to play it. So that is going to be the December Game Club episode is going to be December 18th. Just for, for you listeners, if you want to play along at home. Um, but with that, that wraps up our, our game club stuff. Yeah. I definitely need to to hit the elevator to go down to the food court. Yeah. I definitely need some tea. Um, (laughs) that was, that was me carrying that one. So, well, sorry. Nah, it's fine. You carry plenty too. So, all right, we will be right back. And yes, I shall be right back. I'm going to go make a cup of tea. And I guess check on my kid because Katie asked me to do that. Yeah, probably, you know, should do the whole parental thing. And we are back. And uh, Jared's over there nursing his cup of tea and, you know, uh, uh, trying to recover his voice after carrying me, which I have to admit is quite the feat. I'm a strong boy. So we have one news topic for the week. Then we are going to jump into... Uh, well, the community corner. But first, we have loot boxes are gambling. We have hey, more loot box talk! Yay! Right? <laughs> yeah, the the oh. one that never goes away, that never dies. Oh boy! So this is actually late breaking. This happened just a couple of hours before the episode to, uh, started to record. The FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, will be investigating loot boxes. And this is tied into also a report that the BBC was reporting on on the 21st, which was last Wednesday. So barely missed us last week. Talking about the number of child gamblers quadrupled in just the past two years. And to be fair, the report doesn't exactly link loot boxes into this. It's more of a generalized gambling, but between that and... And all the uh, European countries starting to really crack down on loot boxes and their uh, gambling commissions cracking down on them. Uh, The FTC uh, jumped in and said, hey, we'll take a look. Uh, I don't have much faith in this, do you? Not the current FTC, I should say. uh, No. Of having a, a a, a decisive look at this, I should say. Yeah, no, I have no faith in anything. In this current administration, they suck. Uh, especially uh, with the FTC being uh, led by the person with the most punchable face in the uh, government right now, right? Indeed. Him and his comically oversized mug because he's wacky, you know? Oh. Yeah, can we uh, just put him on a rock and let it hurtle into the sun? We should have uh, packed him a, a, you know, a bag lunch, uh, put his uh, oversized Reese's uh, 
coffee cup uh, in the rocket and let him catch a rod with the NASA's uh, solar probe. Send him with Rocket Man. Elon <laughs> Musk has just shipped him to space. I was about Send to say, how's, uh, how's uh, Kim Jong-un uh, factor into this? Hey. That's little Rocket Man. I can't believe he actually uh, was given a copy of Elton John's record. Oh, we truly live in the dumbest times. <laughs> Indeed we do. Oh, um, but, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, well, I was about to say, yeah, let's try to get back on topic. And uh, to be fair, you know, getting into the politics of the situation isn't exactly off topic, but it's depressing. You know? Yeah, it's very depressing. Um, so the the one so from the children increase in, in children gambling, child gamblers, mm-hmm. the the line that directly relates to us or to the gaming community. Um, like it's it's right above on the, the page. It's right above the picture of the Liz Ritchie. That's what the caption says. Liz Ritchie um, says the commission also raised concerns that close to a million young people had been exposed to gambling through loot boxes in video games or in smartphone apps. These can involve a player paying money for an item that's only revealed after the purchase. Yeah, so they are tying it in, but it's not a key note of uh, the entire thing, which is just disturbing. Over the past 12 months, 39% of 11 to 16-year-olds have spent their money on gambling and 14% in the previous week, according to this report. Young people have uh, gambled in the past week, spent an average of 16 pounds, which would be about 25 bucks or so, right? Yeah, something like that. Because it's a, essentially a, a two-to-one ratio, if I recall correctly. It's less than that now, unless it's changed again, but it's still... It is oh, $20. Oh, wow. Has it, the it, British pound fallen that much, or has the dollar raised a little? Um, I'd imagine it's the first one, right? The U.S. dollar is not doing hot, as far as oh, I know. Oh, Brexit isn't exactly helping them. Yeah. Now, now I'm curious. Oh, well, British pound is definitely going down. Let's put it this way. In the last... Oh, I was about to say, uh, in the last uh, year, but that that's uh, in the last uh, two weeks. <laughs> it's uh, lost uh, about two or three cents. Uh, let's see. Wow. That, take a look at the British pound on the year uh, chart. Uh, just search Google British pound, and it has the... Uh, the thing. Take a look at that. <laughs> There's your problem. Ah, can't type. Let's just put it this way: uh, in uh, April oh, on April twenty. Uh, oh, oh, sorry, April seventeenth. I clicked forward a little too far. It was about a buck forty-three per. Now it's down to a buck twenty-seven. Dang. So, free falling? I don't know if I'd call that a free fall, but it's definitely declining. Um, but, but anyway, six uh, percent. Uh, getting back on topic once again, six percent had gambled online using a, a parent's or guardian's account, which is also a bit disturbing. And yeah, the six, question is: Were they doing it in secret, or were the parents allowing yeah. it? Sixty percent of young people think their parents would prefer them not to gamble at all. 
However, only 19% said that their parents set strict rules about gambling. So I'm going to guess that in secret. Yeah. It's just getting a little crazy uh, with the whole gambling and loot boxes essentially being a gateway into it because it is the slot machine mechanic, quite literally the slot machine mechanic. Yeah. And I mean, every kid that I genuinely, every kid that I work with that's over mm, nine, ten, somewhere around there, Mm -hmm. they all spend their allowance on loot boxes. Um, And, you know, in, in the past, it's been sort of spread out here lately within like the last year every kid i've worked with it's like yeah i spend i buy stuff in fortnite i buy the llamas in fortnite why do you need the llamas because the, the llamas are the loot boxes oh nobody See, I don't play them. fortnite I, I don't i don't give a damn about fortnite yeah i know i don't either i like the the same they mode. make it so festive i guess you know you're you're bashing open a pinata. At least I hope it's a pinata. It's not an actual llama. Yeah, they're llama pinatas. Okay, loot pinata. But anyways, yeah, it's it's that or uh, crates and Overwatch. Those are probably the two most common ones currently. Good thing you're not in Europe. Then it all would be FIFA cards. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just so sad that we've gotten to this point. That it's taken this report and. Belgium cracking down. Uh, was it Norway? Um, I know. I know. EA was essentially trying to die on uh, the uh, on this hill in uh, Belgium law, uh, Belgium court, because FIFA uh, packs. I, I never. I didn't really uh, equate it uh, to FIFA packs as well, even though it is. But FIFA packs is a good chunk of their income. That's why they're wanting to flaunt the law. Because yeah. uh, it, it comes down to the whole, you know, if they could uh, make money, even though they have to pay the fine, you know, it, uh, com- uh, some companies will just, you know, uh, do something unlawful. Yeah, there's plenty of companies that do that. I'm looking, it is Belgium. Um, I'm, I'm doing the Googles. All right, I'll be quiet while you do the Googles. <laughs> But no, it was Belgium where EA was like, "No, yeah, we're I knew it was Belgium. I just couldn't remember the other com- uh, the other country that was uh, cracking down hardcore." Uh, Belgium's the one I remember a lot uh, easier, just because that's the one EA is directly com- uh, competing against now. But yeah, the uh, it's being brought up by Senator Ma- uh, Maggie Hansen, a Democrat from New Hampshire. Uh, mentioned that loot boxes were predicted to be a $50 billion business by 2020. And such uh, transactions were endemic to the industry. Simmons concluded that the, uh, uh, con- uh, concluded that the FTC was undertaking this project and keeping the committee informed about it, which uh, uh, I, am I the only one expecting the whole net neutrality thing coming again? You know, uh, where they basically say, uh, uh, if we uh, step in, it comes against the company's rights to make money, right? They they have to make all the money in the world. Otherwise, we are in, uh, hurting the company's rights, which also comes around to the whole, you know, uh, corporations being viewed as people, 
Right. Yep. Corporations have more rights than we do because they have more <laughs> money, which counts as free speech in the United States. And fuck everything about that sentence I just said. <laughs> uh, do you need to go wash your mouth out with soap now? I'm good for now. I'm sure there'll be another moment later where I'll need to wash it out. So I'll just wait. <laughs> I'll do it all at once. Oh, you just want to get filthy, don't you? Oh, yeah. Uh, but is there a really lot to talk about this outside of just, hey, it's happening again? Again. Yeah. I don't Th- think this so. This is I the don't... story that really just won't go away. It's like that irritating rash, right? <laughs> you, know, you try yes. the ointment, you, you go to the doctor, you get the creams. And no, it just won't go away. It's just, it's just a thing now. It makes me wonder eventually when this gets outlawed or uh, I shouldn't say outlawed. I, I don't think it'll be outlawed even you know, with all the regulation. I think it'll be restricted and it's going to die a death of adults only because the big spenders are children, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, so if, the games, if the games go adult only, I do think that will uh, hurt uh, sales enough or be, or be a threat of uh, sales enough uh, to force them to go probably to the battle pass math- method. I think that's going to be the next one, which is slightly less bullshit, but it also depends on just how crazy they go with it because some of them are several hundred hours within the course of a month or two. Yeah. I mean, the the games industry is just going to find the next thing to try and exploit against people. I am, by the end of this, I've not been like a huge like AAA gamer for a while now. Yeah, there's something about uh, following the games industry. It kind of makes you not as much of a fan of the uh, video games, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, but by the end of this year... Like compared to even where I was at the beginning of this year, I'm just like fuck the AAA industry. I'll stick to my lovely indie and double A developers. Yeah, because uh, they have uh, BattleTech, right? Yeah, they have BattleTech, Planet Explorers, Spin Tires, <laughs> the Truck Simulators. Those well, are my jam. Yeah, I do think we're going to see a rise of the double A uh, developers once again. Uh, especially uh, as yeah, you know, people get more and more fed up with AAA uh, bullshit. I I don't think there's going to be a complete falling out. There's, the bubble's not going to burst, in my opinion, but on the AAA gaming industry. But there's definitely going to be a deflation. People are going to eventually get tired of being squeezed. I think. I hope. Yeah, I mean it. Does it happen another? This is sort of yeah. This is such a weird thing. And new... uh, th- yeah, this is a a, a a gaming industry only thing, really, because it, you don't see you know the music industry. You know, it, it, if you pre-order, you get this extra track on your disc. Yeah, you don't see that happening. Or you know, some sort of microtransaction in the actual music. Or, you know, uh, uh, even the closest thing I could even think of would be, like, special editions of movies. But even then, it's nowhere near like this. Where, you know, you have all the different editions and all the director's cuts and everything like that. 
even the buy-in on those is far less. Uh, yeah. The gaming industry is yep, several hundred dollars on the special editions. And then they get in trouble for swapping out stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did, did you look at that one link on the docket? No, which one? Uh, it's the Reddit one. Reddit. I want you to look at this. But it's under uh, DC Law Firm, the last one on that. I may have to put this in the show notes now. But uh, them are uh, advertising canvas uh, duffel bags and then swapping out for cheap nylon <laughs> for a 200 some dollar version of the game. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that just looks terrible, doesn't it? Yeah, that looks real bad. I mean, you don't see anything like this in the movie industry, in the uh, uh, music industry. Uh, the book industry is like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> We're not planning on doing anything about it, but there's the gears. Oh. <laughs> not even like partial refunds or anything? Nope. I mean, I would assume, I would assume of course not, but... This is Bethesda. Bethesda is uh, in a race to try to catch up to EA, uh, catch uh, to hit the bottom of the barrel when it comes to customer goodwill. I'm very quickly scanning through these comments. <laughs> They're trying to dodge all the uh, torches and pitchforks. Do, 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 do. No, not really anything in here about. There we go. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. I'm going to have to come back and read this through more thoroughly later. There's some, looks like some interesting back and forth going on in the comments. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, we just don't see anything like this in uh, any other entertainment medium. So uh, this is really a case of uh, the law being very far behind and consumer protection being absolutely bullshit in the U.S. Yeah worse than the u.s it's still behind in other places too although it seems to be catching up catching up to digital i mean there's much better consumer protection in in europe and and such but on the digital front even though it is better in europe it's still not as good as it needs to be but uh, anyways yeah so ready to jump on over to our community corner yeah, I think so. We only had a tweet from Kyle this week. Just finished all the bosses uh, run. Uh, just finished an all bosses run of Souls Remastered. Kyle meet uh, was some stupidly hard shit. Feels good though. So he's into the pain. Got it. Wink, wink. Right. Nudge, nudge. Uh-huh. Um. And that so was yeah. really it. But uh, yeah. Beating a hard game does feel really good, or beating a hard boss. That's kind of why I go back to Cuphead every so often, start hammering away on a boss. Get a sense of pride and accomplishment. How? I'm not swiping my credit card. <laughs> I beat you to it. I got that joke in there first. I did Actually, it. I wasn't going for it, so. I win. Packing it up, going home. I'm ignoring that last comment you just made. <laughs> I win. A winner anyway. is you. Woo. Okie dokie. Uh, if you were to uh, yeah, 
put more content in the community corner, you could do so by emailing bglpodcast at gmail.com or just tweeting to us BGL Podcast just like Kyle did. So time for a doobly-doo? Indeed, we'll doobly-doo to the Discovery queue. Yeah, and my first one's bullshit this time around, so hey! What is this? Second one looks good, though. And I'm scrolled down too far because I went to... Oh, and then I scrolled up too far. I can't believe I didn't get this before. Oh, and that is the wrong when... place. I got Jump Force, which is essentially anime fighting the game. All the uh, Shonen Jump animes uh, from uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, Dragon Ball, all coming together in one glorious mess of a fighting game. Oh, I remember this from E3. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's on Steam now. Uh, it's on pre-purchase. It's coming out in two months. Yeah, once again, don't pre-order, but it, it's going to be interesting to see how they try to balance all this. <laughs> because there's several characters in these various franchises. I see One Piece, I see Dragon Ball Z, I see Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, that are literally planet killers. So it'll be interesting to see if they try to balance it, if they are just going to have you know, everybody be super powerful and just over-the-top battles, which will be fun. I'm not a big fighter guy, but you know, it looks interesting. And for someone that enjoys anime and wants to see if, you know, uh, you know if Goku could beat everybody, there you go, right? Yeah. So I got an interesting one. So I'm just going to read this. It's called Occupy White Walls. To say it's a PC sandbox building AI driven MMO where people play with art developed by folks who really love architecture and abstract characters would be a bit of a mouthful. What? Like that sounds pretentious as hell, but this looks fascinating. Like an abstract art gallery simulator. It's free to play. So I might check this out. But it's just like, it's weird. It's different. I've never seen anything advertised like this before. So I have to check that out. So back to the games? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, I got Element Space. Element Space is a turn-based tactical squad RPG set 200 years into the future. So essentially XCOM once again sweet i like it's, it's being suggested to me because of uh shadow and dragonfall and version synapse it looks like it has some uh, uh rpg elements as well but yeah uh, some of these screenshots look very uh, xcom-ish and it looks like it's also very cover based uh, with various abilities as well so a bit drag or a bit uh xcom with some like final fantasy tactics thrown in perhaps interesting huh uh, definitely worth checking it's early access and it's 20 bucks gonna look at that real quick or pull that up real quick or you got uh one huh this looks neat yeah like i said it looks very uh xcom huh add to wish list um boy that's a bubble game if i've ever seen one i just looked at yours yeah, it's called Merchant. Um, it's, they advertise it or, you know, say, like, great for second screen gaming. Something like this, um, as long as it's not got too many mobile trappings, it's free to play. So I assume it's 
with DLC, so I assume it's going to be a mess, but <laughs> like something like this might be a good game to have going on the background at work for me. I don't know. But I kind of it kind of looks neat. It made me go, "Huh," when I saw it, so I mean, that's better than a lot of the shit that pops up on this list, so <laughs> A low well, bar, I, I guess, but good enough yeah, to pass really. it, so. Yeah, really, a uh, really low bar. Uh, well, I got Marble It Up. A well, marble platforming slash, looks like a little bit of a speed running game. Uh, okay. I'm just looking at the trailer here, and it uh, has some very expansive levels. It's not uh, some of, like some of the other marble uh, type games I've seen on Steam, where it's yeah, a, essentially a very small uh, bar that you have to try to roll across, uh, like a platformer. That's why I'm going to call it almost like a racing game. Looks interesting. It's you know, once again in the twenty buck range, so I'm not sure about it. But it's on a full release, it's not uh, early access. It released uh, looks like last week. Yeah, last Sunday. And I'm imagine this is yeah, it's the only uh, game that uh, this developer has made. But interesting. Yeah. So I got one. It looks called... like it has some good movement on it. Yeah, and uh, some good physics on it. A lot of bouncing and r- rolling around. Okay, uh, you up? Yes. Uh, I just looked at yours real quick. That reminds me of uh, Marble Blast Ultra. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yes, uh, a Raven monologue apparently. This might be the week for like art, pretentious art games. Cause this, it looks like a pretentious art game, but it's free. Um, it says a Raven monologue is a short experimental silent story about a Raven that does not know how to croak and his relationship with the people in the town. Um, <laughs> is this game relevant to you? Yes, because you've played games tagged indie. <laughs> that's that's how it recommended this to me but i mean i'm quite intrigued i'm i'm quite intrigued um i'm gonna download this one later too i think Ooh, this looks really interesting uh yeah i'm just okay this might be my pick for the week even though we don't do that but this looks really interesting to me hell sign Action okay. RPG, so probably in, uh, immediately lost you. Uh, Hellsign is an investigative action RPG that pits you against the horrors of the afterlife. Let loose on a small town. Yeah, no, a I'm out. ARPG horror, I'm out. Uh, it doesn't look like jump scares. Uh, horror tends to be kind of standard for ARPGs because of skeletons and vampires, that sort of thing. As a hunter, you'll plan, hunt, and kill to pay the bills and place together and piece together uh, the fragments of your past. Just remember, a small hunt, a small hunter is always prepared. So it looks like uh, uh, trying to, uh, uh, so investigator, so a mystery mixed in with uh, ARPG is interesting. And it looks like there's some sort of highlighter system in the codex to be able to (laughs) mark down yeah, what exactly is relevant? So you could uh, go back and glance at it. it. Looks like it's also a lot more story driven than a few other ARPGs I've run into, which you know isn't a bad thing. It does look like it has some very mixed reviews, though. But like I said, it looks interesting. 
and it has pretty much the standard, uh, you know, just standard loot system. It's not the Diablo style where each item takes up so many slots and you have to kind of do uh, inventory Tetris. And there's some I sort see. of bubble base because he's uh, looting a car trunk. So, uh, real world. All right, you up? Um, I actually am done with my queue. So, I got. Do you want me to start another one, or? Yeah, we could do. Uh, we could go a little bit longer on this. Loop the music. I was about to start making music noises, but they won't line up properly, probably. So. That would just be a nightmare like for months of years. Even worse than my usual music noises. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Equinox. A nature life sim. Equinox is a relaxing nature simulation game in which you can create and nurture your own ecosystems. Shape the world to your liking. Cultivate and raise hundreds of different species and evolve your wildlife to unlock more exotic plants and animals. So, there's your second screen game, right? Yeah. Let me... Very low-poly, but in a kind of charming way. Oh, that's interesting. But also kind of pretty as well. Full release, uh, $10 price tag. Uh, uh, is this game relevant to you? Because you played the game uh, games tag... Indie, simulation, single player, great soundtrack. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, the, the, um, the rabbit animation is kind of uh, hilarious. It's very bare bones, but uh, there's something about when they do low poly on purpose and uh, yeah, do a kind of a very basic animation on purpose that can be charming, but can be very tiresome as well. Yeah. Anyway. You were saying? So my next one, Airmen. Uh, first person air airship. Ooh, interesting. So it's like mine, or you know, it's build your own airship using the the Minecraft esque block style. Was, uh, I guess it'd be more voxels. Actually, it looks a little better than that. Um, it's online multiplayer, but also co op, and it says that you can. Uh, play against AI if you don't want to play with people. So that's good. Um, and it's well, all about shooting and game, shooting. It's probably not a bad idea to have proper AI in, in, in case the multiplayer scene doesn't catch on. Yeah. So I, I like airships. I like building things. I like survival. The hell is with these tags? Well, that's a a thing. And that's definitely a thing. Depotentism uh, 3K. Humanity is enslaved by an AI. Which is awesome because we're on the winning side of the conflict. Exploit puny humans to extract power and build your empire. So, Clicker? It has some weird, weird tags. Pixel graphics, 2D. Roguelite, replay value. Single player, permadeath, difficult, indie, dark humor, strategy, sexual content... (laughs) All those people are boning down. I'm watching the the trailer. There's a, a chamber where people get dropped in and they fuck. Oh, there you go. But yeah, this does look like a clicker, doesn't it? Yeah. Almost. Even though I don't think it's quite like that. 
looks like some sort of uh, like micromanagement simulator. A lot of button pressing, but it's weird. Get anything else? I'm just, sorry. I'm staring at this game. <laughs> I want it. It's only eight bucks. I might buy it. I don't know. I'll come back to it later. All right, then Sword and Soldiers 2. Shamamorna uh, Garion. Yeah, yeah, let's go with that. Uh, essentially, uh, a, a swarm tower defense game. Uh, Sword Soldiers. If Yeah, uh, it's put out by the same company that did Awesome Knots. It's a uh, it's tug of war uh, uh, tower defense. Where it's the type where you can build up your towers, but you also send out units to try to overwhelm the other uh, enemy space. You, you know what I'm talking about now? Yeah. Uh, it's that. Uh, looks like it, they did a severe upgrade on the graphics from the original, if I recall correctly. I mean, this is definitely not bad looking. They uh, spent a lot of time on, the, uh, on their art. And that demon has very... Uh, well, they're very happy to see us. Let's put it that way. <laughs> they're, they're excited, even. Oh, my. <laughs> you just, uh, you found it, huh? No, that's... I'm oh, my. So this uh, this has to go on here because it just looks so bad. This oh, does no. not look good at all. Dr. Green Stuff. It's a, a drug-growing simulator game. And I mean, you know, whoop de do another simulator, whatever. But this looks real bad. Real, real, I mean, very clear asset, you know, flipping type stuff. Oh, wow. That, that, that's terrible. Mismatched styles. The plants look okay. But just about everything else looks garbage. But it'll uh, get a lot of sales because, hey, weed man. Yeah. 420 blaze it, yo. So, I got Simple Rockets. I know you did it before, right? So I think I got that last week or maybe two weeks ago. But, what the hell? Simple Rockets, a uh, uh, progression of the original Simple Rockets, only into the third dimension. They are adding a campaign mode, which will be interesting to see what they do with it. It's not uh, out yet, though, the campaign mode. And it's also <laughs> a, a very cheap entry level into rocketry. It's... Uh, it's a good gateway drug for KSP, or if you uh, you know want something a little bit more realistic, it, or a lot more flexible, because Simple Rockets is built around procedural uh, parts instead of uh, snapping together Lego. Yep. So that's uh, another. I'm through two queues now. All right. Well, I'm wrapping up my queue, and boy, okay. I got I got some trash on this. I got I got stuff on here that would make you go, oh, that looks terrible, and not even add it. You have eight games. I only got one, two, three, four, five. So I had a lot of trash that I didn't add. Oh, I got one more. I got to add. Okay. And I, I think you'll uh, love me for adding it. Leisure shoot, Larry. Wet dreams won't dry. Oh, I heard on a podcast that I listened to someone talking about this. Yeah, I never really played the Leisure, Street, uh, Leisure Suit Larry games. They're bad. They're not good games. But they got tits in them. They got tits in them. And when you're like 13 years old and, you know, that's all right. 
but in yeah, they're just not good games. Uh, they do have. Uh, uh, it looks like they worked on their graphics at least, because uh, the, uh, the earlier modern uh, laser shoot laser shoot Larry. I'm not sure why I'm uh, stumbling over that laser suit Larry. Yeah, maybe it's just because I have a cough drop in my mouth, so you know the uh, numbing effect. Yeah, got something in your mouth. Oh yeah, uh, it had a kind of a. Uh, they went with a uh, 3D graphics, uh, and they didn't do all that great. So it was it was highly stylized, but uh, looked terrible. If that makes any sense. I mean, you've seen the earlier one, so you know what I'm talking about, at least. Yeah. It looks like they were trying to get back to the roots of uh, uh, the game with it being uh, 2D. Uh, Highly stylized, uh, still, but better looking. But the question is, yeah, uh, will this uh, be half, uh, uh, half uh, worth half a damn? Probably not. Uh, oh well, right? Yeah. Oh well. I'm surprised this isn't your type of game. This, I mean, it. Leisure Suit Larry is like. It's not over the top enough to make it funny. It's not a good enough game to make it enjoyable to play on its own. It just feels very stuck in an old, an older time. Um, you know, a different era. Both sort of, of games like how Duke Duke and... Forever was? Yeah, sort of. So, <clears throat> I mean, it just doesn't, it just doesn't tick my boxes. It's just, I'm not the demographic, despite all of the stuff that I'm into. It's like, this is yeah, meant for someone yeah, who's like I, I, in this is shocking to me. Uh, th- this feels odd somehow. This not being for you. That's okay. So, oh, that, that's you... a discovery cue. Uh, that was yeah. the last one. But, you know, it felt like I had to put it in there. Yeah. yeah and I, I had to go look no... up the, uh, the other... Uh, uh, more modern ones, and yeah, it's not all that great looking. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, well, welcome to the portion of the podcast where I go first. If you want to find my things on the YouTubes, you can do so by searching for Gaming Psychologist. If you want to follow me on Twitter, where you can see me tweet about all kinds of things, I haven't tweeted much here lately within like the last week. Um, was on vacation for Thanksgiving. I was like just sitting around doing nothing during those days. I had a complete social media blackout on like Friday and Saturday. So that was, that was refreshing for my mental state. But uh, I posted a tweet today about wanting a slushy. I really wanted a blue raspberry slushy. I did not get one, which is sad. Maybe I'll get one tomorrow. But uh, yeah, I did not get one of those. But I'll, you know, things will be back to normal on my on my tweets soon. Um, if you want to be my friend on Steam, you can do so by sending a friend request to jarthur4707. I accept all friend requests and love talking to the lovely people who listen to our show. Everyone's been lovely. I like talking to you guys. You're cool. And if you wish to let me know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from, the password for this week is Walwart. Nice. Walwart. Uh, I told you it was going to be on the uh, word list, and there wasn't nice. anything that really jumped out this week. So, 
it comes from a discussion we were having uh what was that uh friday saturday yeah something like that i think saturday uh but yeah for me uh, because i've been distracted with the project uh didn't get to stream uh well i had to record rim world and by the time i was done with that and i would have had about an hour's rest to rest my voice because i did three episodes yeah three episodes which each one is you know over half an hour because I can't sh- uh, shut the hell up. Uh, my throat was feeling a little bit uh, rawish. And by the time I rested, it was already going to be late. And I figured uh, I'll just catch some uh, Z's. Uh, getting old. Don't get old, kids. <laughs> uh, but yeah, RimWorld is still continuing on. I've been rationing out spin tires just because we've had severe uh, trouble trying to record the last several weeks and you know slowly getting a backlog of that up because i'm rashing it out can't blame me there though right no i can't blame you but we did finally finish a map <laughs> we did do that and we started another one yeah you're never gonna let me choose another map <laughs> even though uh the uh map list i got i've only uh done uh, pulled two out of the i think it was 12 off of it but yeah, shenanigans are going down in uh, spin tires. And I keep meaning to start up the other series, but just I've uh, been feeling tired lately. Just haven't been sleeping all that well. And by the time I catch up on my sleep, something happens that I have to be up and that just you know, uh, robs me my sleep. And yeah, it's a vicious cycle, right? Indeed it is. The struggle. Struggle is real. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's it for the YouTubes. Uh, you can uh, once again, uh, it's uh, gaming with caffeine rage on YouTube. I will get back to uh, streaming on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash caffeine underscore rage. And uh, if you wish to be alerted before I stream and not when I stream, uh, if you follow me over there, Assuming that you turn on the notifications, because for some reason that's default off. I don't know why they have it like that, right? Yeah. Because they're weird. Uh, yeah, no, online streaming is weird to begin with. Uh, you could uh, follow me on the Twitter, Gaming with CR, where I'll post occasionally about you know, my thoughts. Because, you know, that only happens occasionally. Or just pay me with links and uh, uh, tell you about my streaming coming up that may or may not happen. Who knows? I think my last one was like, hey, guess what? It's, uh, it's uh, Black Friday. You know, after like the 20th email, I'll tell me about, hey, it's Black Friday. <laughs> um, and now Cyber Monday is Cyber Week. Have you noticed that? Yep. Black Friday week and Cyber Monday week. Yeah, why don't we just make Christmas year round and be done with it? The the murder rate would rise considerably from having to listen to Christmas music all year, especially in retail. All those shitty Hallmark movies that Katie loves. I know it's very sad. <laughs> oh, poor Katie. Yeah, I, I went to well immediately after Christmas, and they had the Christmas stuff out, so I could only imagine that. The stores have been playing Christmas music for the last two weeks. <laughs> and there's only so much fra-la-la-la-la that you can take before you just have to shoot someone, right? Yeah, there's not, not that there's much not for me. Jo- 
There's not a jury in the world that would convict you, right? <laughs> Prob- probably not. Who knows? Anyway, I think we're done rambling. So, rambling. so once again, if you wish to help contribute to the show, you do so by sending an email to bglpodcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, gaming-related topics, or just tweet them to us, bglpodcast. If you also wish to contribute to the show, you can do so with your monies. Patreon.com slash bglpodcast, which is paid for our Podbean account, which, once again, is bglpodcast.podbean.com which hosts the RSS feed, our show notes, and links to our media online. And if you don't want to use the RSS, you could also find us on iTunes, Google Play, and, well, we're, well, well, speak well, I do not. I had one too many cough drops, and it's numbed me a little too much. That's my excuse. I'll allow it. Thank you, Senor Chan. And you're just sitting there blankly at that reference? Indeed, I don't. I don't look up Senor Chan. Well, I'll finish this off. Okay. Uh, iTunes, Google Play, or where good podcasts are, we somehow squeaked in there. Our intro and outro music is On the Ground by Kevin McLeod, and our Discovery Q music is Doobly Doo by the same artist. His work can be found at incomputech.com and. As always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice. Bye bye now. See you next time. Bye-bye. Did you mean Senior Chang? Uh, Okay, Chang. I did not watch Community, so... I didn't either, but he's become kind of a thing. I've seen memes and GIFs with this guy in Mm -hmm. it, but I don't... Yeah. I mean, he's crazy. (laughs) But once again, you know, kind of slightly on the tongue as well, so... One too many cough drops, just trying to also kind of stay awake, because I had a couple days where I just didn't sleep all that well. Woke up with a backache. Wake up in the morning feeling like Pete did. Can resist. All right. Bye-bye.